Well, here I am. Yep, I'm talking to you again. And has the season started yet? Well, you can... I guess that all depends on what you... Uh, how you uh, digest this uh, podcast. Uh, because right now I'm still working on what is considered the, you know, the main stories that I work on. I'm uh, still editing, researching, want to make sure that I sound as coherent as possible. Unlike now, where I'm just giving you an update. Yep. For those who don't know, this is Sam Logan, and you're listening to the podcast, The Story Is, a podcast about a guy working on a podcast. Uh, I am still working on the upcoming season, uh, and it's it's a work in progress, much like we all are when you think about it. Uh, in the meantime, I as I was, I was finishing up one of the episodes, I... Figured, hey, I would send something out because, one, it's been a while. Uh, so I wanted to make sure you knew, yes, I'm still working on it. That's right, Mom, I'm still working on the podcast. Uh, and I also do like to talk about stuff I'm enthusiastic about that doesn't necessarily have a story. And the immediate thing that came to mind, uh, last time I talked to you about movies... Uh, this time around, uh, TV shows. Uh, it, TV is big in the news right now with the uh, Writers Guild strike uh, fighting over, you know, actually having that job as a TV writer, uh, trying to fight for it to be a job that can actually uh, pay people's bills, uh, which makes sense because their work that they do uh, makes millions and it for advertisers and for uh streaming services uh and and in subscriptions so wouldn't it make sense that they get a share in the work that they produce uh so they're on strike right now uh fighting with the uh, studios in order to uh get a better deal uh so it got me to the thinking of that's going on at the same time a lot of shows or at least a lot of shows that i like are coming to an end not just not a season finale but like a series finale they're done and some of those shows you might be enthusiastic about too uh succession ended and that was uh one of the great dramas hbo i think has ever had and one of the great dramas i've ever seen it was a type of show that I I tell you, I didn't like the first episode, uh, but the actors were so good, I I gave it a shot, uh, especially Brian Cox. Uh, it did still have this weird King Lear uh, modern feel to it that brought me back. And uh, Jesse Armstrong and his team of you know writers and directors, they just crafted a compelling TV show that I had to watch. Uh, and Jeremy Strong, amazing as Kendall Roy, uh, Kieran Culkin, amazing as Roman, uh, him especially. He's the one that really kept me going, uh, that made me interested. Uh, his, his strong uh, interpretation and feeling of his character specifically, I don't know if it was uh, just his... I don't know if it's a case of actor and person being so, you know, close together or, or what, but 
his uh, I don't know charisma. I it I I had to I had to watch. I I I had to. I wonder what was Roman up to next. Uh, he did plenty of things I would uh, never think of doing, but it was also uh, compelling to see. Um, as a whole, it was. It's interesting, uh, spoiler alert, because um, I'm going to feel free to spoil it. Uh, for the show, I find it interesting because they originally planned on uh, the father figure, uh, Brian Cox's character, Logan Roy, passing away in the first season. And instead, he trucked along uh, till, till the final season. And then he did pass away. And I think that was the smart choice. Though at the same time, I understand the writer's um, desire to want to write a different show. And we got that in the final season or the final six or so episodes of what Succession probably would have looked like, which is a three-way fight uh, between the kids uh, of the Roy family. And... And also an outside uh, company that wants to buy their uh, family business. Uh, I found that I found I I at first felt like the bottom of the show had dropped out when Logan uh, died because his character and Brian Cox's presence was so much of that show, and then him being gone, I it almost felt like a mistake. Uh, but, uh, but it only felt like a mistake to me for about an episode. And then they, and then story developed characters turned and it, it became uh, compelling again. It felt like succession again. I, uh, it, it, uh, I mean, people talk about King Lear. It also had some, uh, Hamlet feels with Kendall being this, a grown man who, who was also a child though. You could say that about all three of the, all four of the, uh, of the Roy kids. But I mean, Connor, there's a reason I left him out. He was never really fighting for, uh, control. Um, but boy, that Alan Ruck, his, his reaction, uh, to his character's reaction to when he hears that his, his dad has died, a real, really amazed me. It was, uh, he just said, I never made him proud of me. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that was just stunning that that would be that, that that would be his reaction. It, it, it just goes to, you know, the, the performers to the writing, giving you not archetypes, but real human moments that are, that are raw, that are, that are, it's, you're saying not the right thing in the moment, but it's the honest thing in the moment. Uh, yeah, revealing things. Uh, it's the best kind of acting, best kind of writing, when you're getting insight into a person. And that's what Succession did through layers of events and just selfishness and despicable acts and eventually, uh, eventually things give way. The center cannot hold and corruption and infighting eventually collapses and nobody gets what they want. 
they're all full of it in a way that it, that it is that there's no that these people who are grossly unqualified uh, to run a company and yet were you know born on uh, third base uh, just waiting for the company to fall to them without any of the skills needed to actually run a company and even throughout you know all, all the seasons they never acquire any of the needed skills or leadership skills or people skills or you know any type of real you know humanity or goal setting that would enable them to be an effective leader uh but yeah kendall was an interesting one i, I realized i i jumped off that he had a hamlet feel to me a man that had a goal but also kept getting in his own way things kept getting in his way and he felt and he only had one purpose and then his he never reaches it and his and his tragedy and an outsider runs his kingdom and it, it, i i really thought his character was going to end in death uh, but that, i guess that all depends on how you interpret him sitting on the bench there looking out the water so that was succession um another show that ended uh was ted lasso uh, one a show that came in uh during the shutdown and gave us this ray of light this joy this uh, weird interpretation of a it, it was like it was the mr rogers version of a soccer american football coach that became a soccer coach that you saw early on in NBC uh, that Jason Sudeikis was doing, but he was like a bully. But then when they developed the show, he was the reverse of that. He was uh, he was just this ray of joy, of compassion, and this outsider uh, coming in to a hostile world of soccer. Uh, and it was something we really needed in a time where everyone was at home and scared. And the first season, the first, really the first two seasons I thought were, were great. Uh, when it came to the third season, it felt like it lost focus. Uh, that so much of it wasn't about Ted. Like they knew what they wanted to do with Ted. And I feel like they probably could have done that in about three episodes because, spoiler alert, um, Ted just wants to go home. He knows he has to go back to America and be back with his son again. That's that's what he wants to do. And they probably could have maybe told that story with fewer episodes, so they filled it in with the supporting characters. And some of that development was great with uh, Jamie's character, um... And uh, Roy Roy Kent, uh, his development was good, um, but I don't know. For me, Ted's why I watched the show. So I, for me, my attention was was lagging when it wasn't about Ted. Uh, all a bunch of good actors, uh, but it felt like I don't think they generated uh, compelling enough stories for these characters. Uh, to make us uh, care or engage. And so whenever 
it wasn't about Ted for me. It was tough to watch. But when it was about Ted and about his son, um, I was very compelled when, especially that scene where uh, his son's visiting and uh, his, uh, his assistant coach, uh, Coach Beard, is talking to his son, uh, to Ted's son, and there's this guy playing a Beatles song. Uh, you know, the guy's out in the street as they're, they're sitting outdoors at a restaurant. He says, hey, he's playing a Beatles song. He says, oh, you like the Beatles? He says, yeah, because my dad does. And that, that really hit me. That made, um, that made a lot of sense because I, I don't know about you, but I know there's definitely things I like, um, specifically because my dad likes them and that, that I could relate to that. I liked that was, that was season one, Ted, uh, because it was, it was real. It was it was humane, it was revelatory, and it was simple. It was just, it was just matter of fact, and it was relatable. Uh, so, so I liked that and how, uh, and then Ted's character's on the phone and he's basically reminded, Hey, go enjoy being with your son. That's the point. Instead of being obsessed with other, other things that he has no control over. So there were moments that, that, uh, Ted Lasso reminded me of why I like the show, but, uh, and it ended really well. I thought the finale was great, which is a very hard thing to do. It's hard to nail the finale of a TV show. Uh, just ask, uh, uh, Larry David with the Seinfeld, uh, I, there, it's hard to get a good, to write a good season finale for a TV show. It, it's hard to, when you've been telling a story for years, uh, episodically, and then you come down to the final episode, the pressure is on to say, okay, and this was what you were watching all along. This was the show. And if you don't deliver on what the audience was expecting, then there's a huge backlash. Um, but that's the thing. The, the author and the writer is seeing the show one way and the audience could be seeing it a different way. And so that's where I think a lot of the disappointment comes with is that difference of perspective. Um, but, uh, Ted Lasso's last episode was good. I, I enjoyed that. It was a good, a uh, lot of callbacks, lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of callbacks to uh, things that had, had gone on throughout the show. So it was, it was good. And uh, a nice, uh, a nice send off for, for all those folks. Uh, the last show that, um, I finished up was the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, another show, I think I started around the, uh, I think it was around the pandemic or before it, uh, that show was amazing. And for the most part did not disappoint. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan, especially terrific. Her, um, she is the reason why that is a show because of her just compelling presence in comedic timing. Because we have to believe, uh, that Miriam Maisel is a very funny person and Rachel Brosnahan is great. And she had good writing too with Amy Sherma, Sherma Palladino, but Rachel Brosnahan wasn't alone. 
there was an amazing cast of Alex Borstein, Tony Shalhoub, uh, also uh, Ren Hinkle, uh, Kevin Pollack, Carolyn Aaron, just Alex Borstein, just great ensemble cast. A bunch of funny people uh, who were incredibly compelling in their own way, completely goofy characters that were also completely people, which I think comes down to both the acting and the writing. Lots of uh, comedic moments, but also, especially towards the end, a lot of genuine human moments that we got that, like from Susie, uh, that we wouldn't have gotten in season one, that we saw people being reflective, uh, regretful. Um, we also got these a lot of like flash forwards that I didn't really care for going through it, but then when you get to the end, uh, I, I understand why they were giving us the whole picture of, okay, this is what happens to, uh, to, to Mary when she is, you know, in the 70s, in the 80s, uh, what happens to her kids. Uh, we get the whole picture. Um, and I understand why, because of when they want the action, what the last moment is that they want to deliver to you isn't necessarily the very last moment of the timeline of, of Miriam Maisel. So, so I understand it. It was just rough going the first time, uh, through, but, a, but a great show. I will definitely miss it. Uh, it's, uh, it was a fun uh, throwback, a fun uh, because most of the time it was spent in the fifties, and it was uh, just a, it was just you know when it comes to TV shows you like it, it's a world you want to visit. It's a, a group of people that are like yeah I I missed seeing that person there they are, and that's what makes great TV is it just has this little world that you spend, you know, 60 or 30 minutes in, and it's a nice little escape. Uh, and it's, and so when it, especially when it captures a, a period of time so well, but also an attitude uh, so well, uh, it's, it makes it even easier to watch. So Marvelous Mrs. Maisel was the last one uh, on my list of compelling shows that we had to say goodbye to. And with that combined with the writer's strike, it makes you wonder, is TV dead? I mean, the, the type of, you know, TV where it's like appointment TV, like you've got to see it. And there, I mean, it also these three shows were, I think one of the few that were so popular, you could bring it up to other people that were actually watching it. Rarely are we all watching the same thing. So it that's where I feel like TV, no, is it dead? No, but culturally, societally, are we past the point where we no longer have TV shows that we have in common? Which is too bad. It's too bad because art is part of culture and culture and TV and movies are part of our culture. It's an art. It's supposed to be exchanged. 
it's supposed to be something that generates people coming together. But the way it's designed right now, it, as streaming has become so on demand, it's very individualized. And as technology advances, we become even more individualized to where we're, somebody's on their phone, somebody's on a laptop, somebody has a different device, and we're all entertaining ourselves in different ways. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not about to go into a diatribe about technology. and Has it, has it helped us or has it hurt us? Uh, because I'm, I'm all for it because I'm using it right now to talk to you. And I think that's a great thing. And so if you want to talk back to me, please send me an email at the story is podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me on Facebook or on Instagram. Um, and that's, that's where I think I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up before I, uh, become a, uh, one of those, uh, crazier radio hosts on one end of the spectrum or the other that, uh, you know, or just thinking that the world is coming to an end. I uh, still optimistic about the world. Still think we can turn around in some way, shape or form as long as we care about each other. So thank you very much for listening until next time. I'm Sam Logan. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it.